welcome to the pilot episode of The Family Business. My name is Shannon Iwanski. I will be your host. Also joining me tonight are... Donna Leahy. And Z. All right. So what this is going to be is an episode-by-episode episode fan cast of the series Supernatural. Uh, we will be discussing each episode on each podcast, and we're going to do our best not to spoil anything but the current episode that we're on. Um, so just be aware, we even though we're going to try to do that, there may still be spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't seen anything beyond... What we're doing tonight, Season 1, Episode 1, you may occasionally have to close your ears, but I'll try to keep everybody on track. Shannon is going to be the uh, spoiler cop. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I figured what we would do is start off by discussing how it is that we got introduced to Supernatural uh, before we start talking about the episode. So do one of you guys want to go first? Sure. <laughs> uh... Basically, several friends told me that I should watch it, and I was very reluctant to do so because I'm kind of a rah-rah girl power kind of girl, and I see a show with two male leads and two male supporting leads, and I'm like, I don't see where this show has anything to offer me, and in fact, it took me two or three episodes to kind of get into it, but once I did, I binged it, and I am in love with Jensen Ackles, Leave her. Come to me. <laughs> I will love you. Maybe I'll just talk about the binging experience at another moment. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so the first time I was ever uh, I was introduced to it, I think I was in like the fifth or sixth grade. Um, and I just happened to be flipping channels and saw an episode and it scared the crap out of me. And I had no idea what it was and I didn't even want to like continue to watch it uh, because I was so scared. And then um, when I was 18, I had a group of friends that were like, oh, you have to watch the show. The main leads are so hot. And I was like, all right, that sounds great. And so I watched it and I was like, hey, the plot's pretty great too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I was introduced to it um, actually by chance uh, and by the chance being that uh, I was walking through Target and they had the first, I believe, three seasons on sale for $10 each, oh. the DVD sets. And so I was like, okay, it's 30 bucks for three seasons. We'll, you know, we'll give it a shot. Mm -hmm. So I took it home and I think I watched all three seasons within a few days. I mean, like three or four days mm -hmm. I had gone through everything and I absolutely loved it. And so I started watching it regularly and I just, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Absolutely every minute of it. All right, so I guess we'll go ahead and go on into the discussion for the episode. Of course, this is the pilot, which sets up the entire series. I wanted to mention that I'm watching it now with all of this foreknowledge and prior mm -hmm. knowledge and all of that. But one thing that kind of struck me as I was watching the pilot was the fact that it seemed really well put together. Mm -hmm. It seemed really well written. And Jensen and Jared had great chemistry with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could really feel like Sam and Dean were brothers mm -hmm. and that they were family and that they had this history. So does anyone else have that feeling or did you 
you know, did you get that feeling at any point? Yeah, absolutely. They move as if they're used to being around each other. I don't know how mm-hmm. else to put that. Right. Except that, you know, when somebody is family, you don't mind getting close to them. Mm-hmm. You don't flinch back from contact with them and that kind of thing. And these two guys act, behave around each other mm-hmm. like they're very used to being around each other. Right. Yeah. My actually, um, kind of interestingly is is I am in a little bit in the same role as I've kind of gone away from my family a little bit. My brother is still really close with my parents, so every once in a while, like when he and I get together and we spend some time alone, um, we kind of fall back into that just like familiarity. And I really saw a lot of that on the screen, and I was like, oh, I really need to call my brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I I'm kind of the same way. I'm the one that you know got out. The one that you know. Mm has the the problematic relationship with the family and so i i like you i can kind of identify with sam well let me ask um you mentioned you have a brother is he younger Mm -hmm. or older he's older but he um is autistic so intellectually he is uh about 15 Mm -hmm. so and socially shannon i have two younger brothers Mm -hmm. so i'm the oldest I have a younger brother. So we all have brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all know what it's like to have brothers. All right. <laughs> awesome. Yes, we do. Mine was a little shit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Donna, is there anything that kind of stood out to you in the, the episode? Anything that you wanted to discuss uh, there's in a, particular? a ton of stuff. I want to talk about that opening scene because there was two really interesting things I noticed in the opening scene. And one of them, I may draw a violation from the spoiler cop. Uh-oh. We'll see. When things started getting weird in the house, so Mm -hmm. Mary heard Sam cry, baby Sam cry, and she went down the hall and she saw what she thought was John in the room, Yes, Mm -hmm. and then as she walks down the hall, a light bulb starts flickering, Yes, and she reacted to that the way a normal person would react to that. Yeah, she Mm -hmm. tapped the light to Mm -hmm. try to get it to stop flickering. She Mm -hmm. did not react as if she had any experience with seeing that. Right. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, so, yes, I will stop you there. Uh, anybody who has seen later in the in the series, we, we all kind of know where Donna's going with that. But the, uh, the other thing I noticed, which was really interesting, and I actually saw this on... A, actually, I should back up and say I didn't notice it. I looked it up on a spoiler site, and then I had to go back and rewatch because it's very cool. But in the opening scene, as they're panning in on the house, there's a big tree in the yard of the house, and it's casting a shadow on a cor- upstairs corner room that I'm going to assume was Sam's nursery. Probably. And as the camera moves... There's a very deliberate movement of the shadow of the tree as if the tree itself is moving to protect Sam's room. Or maybe to engulf the room. Perhaps. Interesting. I can't comment more without spoilers. I will, I will have to go back and watch that because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I'll have to go check yeah. that out. So that was two things that really stood out to me. Z, anything in particular you wanted to discuss with the episode? They are so much younger and sound oh. and look so much younger than in later episodes, and it was just it was a little nostalgic for me to watch this episode. Right. Um, Jensen Ackles without crow's feet. Right, and and Jared Padalecki with short hair. Right. <laughs> but uh, I just, I really liked a lot of the, the on-screen relationships with Sam and Jess and, and Sam and Dean and right. the way that, like, even Dean reacts or interacts with um, uh, law enforcement 
was interesting because it wasn't just like, this is my first encounter with law enforcement and, you right. know, screw the police. Like, it was pretty clear that he does this on a regular basis. Like, right. it really seemed like they all had really good depth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and two, whenever Sam, it, whenever they had stopped for gas and Sam asked Dean, are you and dad still running credit card schemes? Mm -hmm. And, you know, Dean's basically like, well, what we do doesn't pay a whole lot. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and two, I think that talking about whenever Dean initially gets to where Sam and Jess are staying and, you know, he's talking about, you know, dad's on a hunting trip, things mm -hmm. like that. They, they bring up a lot of those things that for them it triggers, but for the audience it's, it's really like, okay, this is something new, but it, obviously it means something. Mm -hmm. And I think that that definitely goes back into how well the episode was written, that, you know, you get that nuance, you get that depth, you get mm -hmm. that history... But it doesn't really slam you in the face with it. It mm -hmm. just kind of throws those mm -hmm. little things out there for you to kind of latch on to and start formulating your opinions on stuff. Yeah. One thing that, that I thought was really funny, and uh, whenever we discuss episode two, I'll go into this a little bit more. But uh, a lot of the hallmarks for those people who have watched um, Supernatural ongoing, uh, a lot of the hallmarks start right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, the hallmarks being like what... You, uh, Donna had mentioned with the flickering lights. There was also the baby monitor that was kind of staticky and going in and out. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the fact whenever Sam and Dean are interacting and they do the whole jerk bitch back mm -hmm. and forth thing. And, and so that's, I mean, you see a lot of like the merchandise for like bracelets and shirts and things like mm -hmm. that that have that on mm -hmm. there. And of course, eventually in the future, we add other sayings that become famous. And also what this podcast's name is taken from, uh, the, the mention of the family business. As Donna shows us her shirt, <laughs> saving people, hunting things, the family business. Exactly. Very it's crazy. possible I picked the shirt on purpose today. <laughs> <laughs> possible. With this, we, we set up the dynamic, too, with John Winchester just a little bit mm -hmm. in that, you know, he, he starts out the loving, doting father. It's very obvious, you know, with his interaction with Dean whenever uh, they're, in, they're all in the nursery and, you know, he picks Dean up and they're hugging and they're talking and everything. And then, obviously, everything that goes wrong goes wrong. And we kind of fast forward and we see how Sam, who we were introduced to as a baby, is now having this problematic relationship with John. And I think, too, that that sets up more of the dynamic of the family mm -hmm. and the family business. So, with that in mind... How do you guys think family really played into the pilot episode? I think they established really early the dynamic of Dean wanting to protect Sam. Mm -hmm. um, starting with John picking up Sam, handing him to Dean and saying, get out of here. Right. So that was, I mean, right at the beginning, Dean mm -hmm. protects Sam. That's that's yeah. the way that works. Uh, despite the fact that Jared Padalecki is four inches on Jensen Ackles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the um, kind of like you mentioned, when you've got kind of a problematic relationship, you, you get back together and there's some barriers that habit will break through even if nothing else does. Right. And I, th I think they did a pretty good job of portraying that. Right. Family plays a, a, a big part in it, even when it's not the Winchester family because, you know, Sam has gone off and he's made this new family, which is Jess and their friends. But even, mm -hmm. um, 
like it's like the second scene we see of Sam as an adult. Um, he's at the Halloween party, and uh, they're talking about his uh, his uh, test scores and stuff. And they're Jess and Sam's friend is like, well, didn't you tell you know your family? And it's like you can you can see the effect that it has on him, even though he right. brushes it off like, well, we don't really have a great relationship, you know. Well, right. they call him the Golden Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Which. Again, I don't want to get into spoilers, but he's not the golden boy, right. you know, as far as his family is concerned. Well, and at one point, Sam Sam tells Dean, you know, we're not exactly the Bradys. Mm-hmm. And, and I mm-hmm. think that that says a lot there, too, that, you know, they have this family dynamic that is n- far from the ideal of what America would consider, you know, mm-hmm. mom and apple pie. Mm-hmm. And and so the the funny thing with that is that it definitely does continue on Mm -hmm. so i i do want to talk about uh supernatural's relationship with women um (laughs) specifically the the uh the comment that dean makes to jess whenever she first sees him with i love the smurfs Mm -hmm. but what we are going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break before we do that and uh donna I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to have you kind of make mention of our thanks right now. Sure, sure. We're going to start by thanking uh, Gumby Cat Networks for hosting and really suggest that you go visit Gumby Cat Networks because there are so many interesting podcasts on there. Uh, There's a movie review. There's one about fantasy romance. There's one where they just sit around and talk about who would win in a fight. You can also find our sister podcasts, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, which is a horror podcast, Once More with Feeling, which is a 20th anniversary Buffy fancast, and Collective Snark, which is just general pop culture nerdiness. So I would suggest you check that out. Thank you, Donna, for making those mentions Mm -hmm. and as i said before uh we started the break we're going to talk about supernatural's sometimes problematic relationship with women and donna i know that this is an issue that's near and dear to your heart so if you want to start us off with that conversation my in fact i almost quit watching after the first episode because of a trope called fridging The term comes from a Green Lantern comic book where he comes home and finds that his girlfriend has been chopped up and literally stuffed into the refrigerator. And the idea is basically a female character dies expressly for the purpose of motivating a male character storyline. Right. And it's usually off screen. It is usually off screen, yeah. What we see happening here is at the beginning of the episode, their mom dies. And that's what motivates John and... Dean, I'm going to say, to get into, get serious about hunting. But then at the end, Sam has been very adamant about, no, I am not getting back into this. I am Mm -hmm. not going back into hunting. I'm going to law school. And he comes home and finds, well, a little more dramatic than that. He comes home and Jess dies. And that is the reason he goes back into hunting. Well, and he, she dies in the exact same way that Mary died, <laughs> right. which is pinned to the ceiling and fire engulfs her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And her gut is cut open. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's so exact that even their, I think it's their left legs are like angled yes. at the exact yeah. same the yeah. postures. Yeah. Which seems like a lot of effort for something that Sam wouldn't remember. 
I'm sure he's heard about it a lot, though. Right. I don't know, but would you tell your kid the exact posture your mother, with her, his mother, is in when she died? Would you? But would you John. take your child to go kill things? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right after right they were born. <laughs> no, knowing, knowing what John has at this point put these boys mm-hmm. through, obviously, which is knowledge we gain from future episodes, I, I could totally see John telling Sam, "Hey, by the way, your mother was, you know, right in the middle of the ceiling, and this was going on." <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing I forgot to mention, and I'm just going to go ahead and do it now, okay. is the fact that Dean remembers his mother and Sam doesn't is actually a really important part of their characters. Dean remembers what he's lost. Sam right. doesn't remember ever having it. Right. In season maybe 10, I don't remember, there's a there's a bit where uh, they start fantasizing about their most ideal place, and Dean's is has to do with his mom. And Sam's has to do with... Anytime he was away from the family. Being away from his family. Right. Because to Sam never had that. Sam never had that loving mom and I think it's that also, he remembers. I think it's also interesting that I think there's, if I remember correctly, there's two different points where the mother is mentioned during the episode once to Sam. And I think it's when they're in the bar mm-hmm. at, the, at the Halloween party. Mm-hmm. And Sam just doesn't even, doesn't even really react to it. And then right. again, I think it's in the police station mm-hmm. where the cop is like, well, you're a suspect. And Dean's like, that makes sense. Because when the first victim went missing, I was three. The, the cop reiterates with something about how his mommy was kissing him goodnight or whatever. And it's just kind of like you can see his face go a little bit more stiff. Right. And I think that's also uh, mm-hmm. interesting. I was going, and this kind of ties back into the family dynamic, and and the reason for Supernatural is because they're hunting things that are supernatural Mm -hmm. or otherworldly, and so with this episode, we get introduced to the woman in white, whose children had died, she committed suicide, uh, and it is... It's all because her husband had cheated on her. And so in her afterlife as a ghost, she is hunting down these men who are cheating and killing them. And one thing that I realized is whenever whenever Sam finally takes her home and gets her into the house, we get to see her children. And we see the water coming down the stairs. We see them, you know, mm-hmm. standing there. They're calling out to her. And it got me to thinking that these kids have been in this house the entire time. Their ghosts have been in this house the entire time. And they had to know that mom was just on the other side of the door so many times. Mm-hmm. Whenever she pulled, you know, whenever she got these mm-hmm. men to bring her to the house, and she would be either sitting in the car or standing outside of it, that, you know, these kids had to know that their mom mm-hmm. was there and they couldn't connect with her. And obviously, you know, it, it's a very violent, destructive force whenever they do meet. But I think that that ties into the family too is that you do have that dynamic where you've got people who just have like a thin little barrier between them and they can never come together. Mm -hmm. But if they do, then it can be this destructive force. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I don't think I really made that connection the first time that I watched it, but rewatching it this time, it was, it was almost kind of chilling knowing what those, you know, the kids were murdered and then... They couldn't be with mom anymore. Well, they were both suffering because she kept saying, I can never go home. Yeah. I can never go home. And, um, you know, she was suffering. The kids, I mean, we only saw them briefly, but they were clearly 
suffering. But they weren't angry. And I, I, weren't they? I, I, they? I didn't think they, they... No, they just kind of stand there, and then they come down and they hug her, and then they like... And then they go to hell. <laughs> okay, but they're not they're like screaming like, we're going to take you to hell. Like, they're just like, mom! And, See, I don't know, they didn't seem angry to me. They you seemed... and I interpreted that scene very well. <laughs> I, I, I would say that I interpreted it the same way you did, yeah. Donna, because it, it seemed like those kids were really pissed off mm-hmm. and very vengeful. They were vengeful spirits, I think, and so maybe I'm interpreting it wrong, but that's what I got from <laughs> and it. And when they said in unison, Mommy, you came home, chills. I mean, yeah. actual chills, goosebumps. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> this yeah. is bad. This is very, very bad. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> you can be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. It's just like poetry. You get to interpret it however you want to. So I thought they sounded hopeful. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just wouldn't because they're up there and then they're they're just standing there and they see her and she sees them and you can just see. To me, it didn't seem like horror. It almost seemed like like an angst, like a like a oh my god, there are my kids. Those mm-hmm. are my babies. Right. And then they hold hands, like oh, there she is. You know, like they're grasping onto each other, like there she is. And then they're like, mommy. You came home. And it didn't sound angry to me. Like, it sounded like, you're here, like, after all this time. And, oh, no, I thought it was, oh, it was cute. Oh, right. <laughs> to me, it sounded like, Mommy, we get to drag you to hell. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um, I did have two thoughts on, three thoughts on her. Okay. One was that, God, she was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That first shot where she's there on the side of the road, she's playing with she's her white dancing. dress. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful. Which then brings me to the second point, which is apparently giant boobs make it impossible to tell how creepy someone is. Yeah. Because she that. was creepy. Yeah. Like, and no that guy sense. never looked off her boobs. Yeah. Well, and two, the, whenever she comes on the screen, which obviously he was, he wasn't paying attention to her. He was paying attention to the phone. But, but the audience can see that she flickers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's very, very obvious that you know yeah. there yeah. is something bad going on here. Exactly. So yeah. And then when she attacked Sam, and he said, "I haven't been unfaithful." Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. She was still attacking him, though. I felt like right. she was violating the rules there. Right. Damn it. Well, but the thing is, is that she she couldn't do actual... She couldn't do lasting harm to him. Okay. She, obviously, she had her hand, like, trying to go through his mm-hmm. breastbone into his heart, but she couldn't do actual damage to him mm-hmm. that would kill him. You're right. He did recover pretty quick from yes. that. Yes. Okay, yeah. I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they followed the rule that they set up mm-hmm. with that, which is which is really good because I mean if you're if you're going to have rules, you need to follow them, and Absolutely. if you're going to break them, then you need to have a reason for breaking it. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that that was another thing that they really set up well with this pilot episode is the fact that these are the rules, and everybody has to play by them, right? No matter if you're the woman in white or if you're one mm-hmm. of the hunters. I also I thought it was interesting that she tried to force him to be unfaithful, and right. that he was like, "I haven't been unfaithful," and she's like, "You will be," and then she like mauls his face. Right. Um, but I just thought that was interesting because it's it's you know it was you could see her warring with either he's unfaithful and I kill him, or something has to come of me being here at my house right now. Right. So that was it was an interesting dynamic. It was just like a flicker of a second before you know 
Dean comes up and starts shooting her in the face, but it was that, just some more of that deep character depth that mm-hmm, I, right. was really intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so one of the things that I want to try to do with every episode, and I didn't realize that I was going to do this until I saw this particular scene, but, and this goes back to the family dynamic, so I want to discuss how it is that Dean tells Sam, I love you, mm-hmm. without saying, I love you. And for me, in this episode, it was uh, whenever they get back, Sam is outside of the car, Dean's in the car, Sam's getting ready to go in and let Jess know that he's home. And Dean tells him, we made a hell of a team back there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was Dean's way of basically being like, it was great to be with you, I love you, I think that... You know, mm-hmm. I, I definitely want, he definitely wanted to be continuing on with the family business. Sure, sure. He definitely wanted Sam to stay with him. But I think that he too understood that Sam needed to do what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. But I think for this episode that <laughs> Dean said, I love you by telling Sam we made a hell of a team back there. Also, can I point out how quickly after Sam starts screaming, Dean comes back in. So you know he didn't go anywhere. He sat out there in his car and waited, like, hoping that Sam would come back out or something. Right. And I just, oh, that, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I did, in fact, notice that it had been no time at all. Yeah. Yes. Something else I noticed, there was earlier in the conversation, Sam said, you can do this alone. And Dean responded, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't, he, he was not denying his ability to do it alone. He was right. saying, no, I want you with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I absolutely. thought that was along the same lines. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, guys, anything else that you want to bring up or discuss? Yes. Okay. Don't go. <laughs> uh, when Sam was nine years old and thought there was a monster under his bed, yes. John Winchester gave him in, in a... In the closet. In the closet. In the closet, yes. John Winchester gave him a forty-five. Yes. And I just want to say a forty-five is way too much gun for a nine-year-old. <laughs> well, if you've trained with it, then, you know... Forty-five's a big gun. Yes, it yeah. is. I fired one. I know. <laughs> but I will say, too, as a young kid, I fired a freaking desert eagle and i put a mm-hmm. nice size hole in a tank so i mean those things kick more than a 45 does so okay. you know if you have enough practice all right you know. <laughs> i you know maybe and and sam is you know i'm sure sam was a pretty big nine-year-old he probably was <laughs> he also said he also tells um dean where dean's like let's go sammy or something and and sam's like Sammy's a chubby tw- a 10-year-old, whatever, so I imagine not only was he tall, but he was probably... I'm sitting here kid. getting irritated because I've been told multiple times that a forty-five is too much gun for a woman, but, but you weren't the one to say that, so I'm not going to be irritated about it anymore. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with Gal Gadot being, or Gal Gadot, sorry, being in, you know, the Israeli Defense Force, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure she fired a Desert Eagle, that's better than the forty-five. No so, doubt. you know, I, I'm going to say that's... Bull, but <laughs> I agree. <laughs> that that's a totally different. That discussion is an entirely podcast. different discussion. But I want to thank you guys for joining us for this installment. Join us for episode two, which is when to go. Until next time, carry on, jerk, bitch.
Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts for podcast people. Meow. Meow.